Meet me at Ascot in Gardena, where the harbor, the San Diego, and the 91 freeway slide. For RaceSchool.com, I'm Larry Mason, and guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for part three with J.C. Agajanian Jr. And J.C., during the other two uh, interviews that we did, I kept admiring, uh, you have some silver and gold and, and diamond encrusted jewelry that you're wearing. You have two really cool rings, uh, one of them being an Indy 500 winner's ring. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, what's what's the story behind these rings here? Well, we have had four Indy winners back at Indianapolis, and I'll tell you, it's very exciting because they're some of the top drivers, and to be able to go back to Indianapolis and win that 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 event. 33 drivers all going 200 miles an hour towards the first turn and we all have to turn left. It gets exciting and if you're not able to not only get through that but also win the event it's just more than than you can ask. Uh, the rings that you're talking about are uh, rings that represent uh, one or the other of our four indie winners and, of course, back in 1952, Troy Rutman won. He was 19 years old. He was one of the youngest drivers, in fact, to get back and practice. My dad kind of cheated that he was 18. He wasn't quite 18 yet. And, but he was one of those guys. See, today it wouldn't matter. You've got young kids, 16-year-olds, that can go out and race. And my brother, Kerry Agajanian, being an attorney, he was able to be put these releases together that were signed by the parents of the driver and then also by the team owner. So things have changed today. But back then, uh, Troy Rutman winning that race at such a young age, it was very unusual. And I believe the late Robin Miller was always very high on Troy Rutman and, and one of the greatest drivers of all time. Well, you're right. And Troy was one of those special guys that the, ra the other race drivers uh, admired and and Parnelli Jones admired Troy Rutman very much and and, uh, and as a driver that is the ultimate compliment yes. no question about it when your peers honor you uh, just like some of the great awards that you see from the Academy Awards and so that's by your peers that's who has given it to you it's not a popularity contest so they know how you do your job and they know that you have gone out there and raced and done the best that they know of so Parnelli uh, was a, a great admirer of, of Troy, and he was our next Indy winner in 1963. Parnelli Jones won. He was also a young driver, but not like Troy, where he's just a few months into being legal. Well, one thing about Parnelli, he went on to be a very successful businessman. Was some of that influence based on your family? Well, I'm afraid it was, but Parnelli was very willing to use some of his Indy uh, winnings to, to do business and he was smart enough to come to Aggie and say Aggie uh, you're a great businessman can you help me with what I've just won and and JC did that in fact Troy uh, when he won, even younger, um, my uh, my father said, well, listen, I think where you grow, there's some orchards that maybe would be able to give you a nice return. That would be a good way to, to invest your money. You'd own the land, but the, the orchards uh, would, would offer uh, income to help pay for things, and, and the, the land will go up in value and so on. But there were a variety of things. Uh, Parnelli said, Aggie, 
uh, I don't want to invest in this stuff. I just won the biggest race in the country, and I'm 19 years old. I want to go out and have a good time, Aggie. I want to, I want to lease an airplane and fly to Las Vegas. I want to party and have fun. Uh, I don't really want to invest in any of this stuff, Aggie. And JC said, well, it's up to you, Troy. You can do whatever you want. I was just offering to help you. And so Troy did that and wasn't thrilled years later when his racing career was over. Uh, with with uh, the fact that he didn't think about the future. Uh, Parnelli, who admired Troy as a race driver, was also a very good uh, businessman. <coughs> so he took, he took your dad's advice and really ran with it. Well, he did. And, and also because of uh, J.C.'s association with Firestone and Parnelli winning on Firestone tires. And of course, in those days, it was Firestone against Goodyear. And there was a lot of competition there uh, back at Indianapolis. And so Parnelli was able to open more than one Firestone stores. One on Hawthorne Boulevard right in Torrance, another one in Long Beach. He had uh, a number of Firestone stores that he did and did real well with. He also bought property. So Parnelli was a very smart businessman and is still doing quite well in life. He's getting along in years now and, and uh, he, he's not on the throttle as hard as he used to be, but he's still the great man that he's always been. And another thing about Parnelli, I was young. He was, he was maybe three, four years older than I was. And he would stick up for us like a big brother. And, and uh, JC would be chewing us for one reason or another. Kids always uh, deserve to get chewed on for, for messing up. And Parnelli would say, Aggie, stop. You know, you're lucky that you have good kids here. You know, a lot of guys would like to have kids that listen to their father and do what they think they're supposed to. And, and now you're, you're yelling at But And my dad said, Parnelli, that's the only way they're going to learn. Yes, Aggie, that's true. But just know that you have some good kids here and, and you've got to take care of them. I was always thrilled when Parnelli stuck up for us. So he was truly a big brother to you. He was without question. And he was a big brother that JC listened to. That was the most important part because he won the 500 for him. <laughs> yeah. You talk about great drivers. He's definitely one of the tops. The next driver that comes to mind and, and was our third winner of the Indianapolis 500 was a young guy that you knew, uh, 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 rather slight in size, because most race drivers, if, if they're 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, that's about it. Uh, the taller guys, in fact, uh, AJ used to have a special uh, monocoque built for him because he was a little wider than some of the other drivers. So uh, it, they're made for guys that are about 5'5", five, five and weigh about 125 pounds. And that's, a lot of the racers are, are that size, and, and Dan Weldon was. Uh, and, and he was a great guy. Uh, his win, and I have to, I have to just pause here, Larry, for a second, because Dan's win was the most exciting win in racing, and we also had the saddest time in racing. At the, at Dan Weldon won the 500 for us, and at the end of that year, we lost him at Phoenix, going into the turn. Or Vegas, yeah. Uh, excuse me, Vegas, yes, that's, that's exactly right. We lost him in Vegas, and to have this wonderful race driver, just a happy, smiling, great guy, uh, win the 500, and we all celebrated together, and then to lose him at the end of the year in Las Vegas, my goodness, I couldn't uh, say to you uh, more highs and lows in one year, but, but we love him. Uh, we, we remember him, and, and we move on from there. 
Well, I read a book, and T.E. McHale, who's a late, uh, passed away, but he was the Honda PR guy, and he talked about Dan, and how Dan was, you talked about drivers being, promoting uh, their sponsors as well, and how they helped him as well. Uh, just tremendous stories behind the scenes, and yeah, just a, a horrible loss. Uh, but that's what we talked about, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows in auto racing, and, and the danger, it, it still exists. It really does, and you know, Racing isn't going to be safe no matter what you do. Racing is, the, that's part of it, is the danger. And yes, the cars are safer than they've ever been. And yes, the drivers are more protected than they've ever been in the past. But it's still going 180 to 200 miles an hour into a turn, like I said about Indianapolis, with 33 other guys doing the same thing. And, and you know, in NASCAR, they say rubbing is racing. In IndyCar, you just try not to rub because you could get upside down. Exactly. And I think part of that, the severity of what we deal with, with the highs and the lows, right. I think that's why we make those personal connections with our drivers yeah. and, and crew members and things like that. So you really have to treasure that Indy 500 win and the time that you spent with the, the great times there. Well, that's exactly true. And, and it's, it's just something that's hard to explain unless you've been there. Uh, before I was around for our first race, I didn't really understand what it meant. I didn't really understand that, gee whiz, you, bit, you just beat 33 of the be 32 others of the best race drivers in the country at that time, in the best equipment at that time on that day. So, yes, it's, it's pretty special. And, and Alexander Rossi is the next guy I want to talk about, and, and that's uh, 2016, won the Indy 500 for the, in the number 98 car for J.C. Agajanian. And Alexander Rossi was, was a rookie. He went back to Indianapolis, and, uh, and that's Brian Herta was running the team for us. And about, uh, with about uh, 20 laps to go, he said, if you don't come in for a pit stop, we could win this race. Now, you're going to have to be able to make, meet the uh, fuel numbers, fuel numbers that, that we need, but if you can do that, We'll come in first. I've already. Brian said, "I've already done the math. I know that we're going to be in that in that situation." So, so uh, Rossi said, "I can do it." And Rossi actually, on the last lap at Indianapolis, to take the checkered flag and win the race, he actually came down close to the inside, close to the inside crash wall, and and was going probably 150 miles an hour where everybody was going over 200 miles an hour but he was saving fuel and was able to save fuel on those last few laps and uh, we won the 500 and that was the fourth Indy 500 win for the Agajanian family. So the other the other four-time winners in that race and and I think the words uh, Brian heard over the radio to Rossi was clutch and coast clutch and coast right. because they they literally had no fuel left practically. Well, that's exactly right and and uh, he actually coasted into the winner's circle and that clutch and coast was very famous because he had to do that and he was a lot of race drivers can't let someone get by them. You're a race driver there. You know what I'm talking about when I say if if they told you from the pits to let that guy by you it's not in me to let that guy buy you. Well, and that's how Dan Weldon got his win, is because J.R. Hildebrand was trying to push, and he pushed, which he really didn't have to, if you look back at it, but that allowed Dan Weldon to go in and, and get that victory. Well, Hildebrand is my second favorite driver, because <laughs> he was leading when, when uh, uh, Weldon came through turn four, 
and Hildebrand put it into the wall. Did, it's, it was unfortunate that he did that. He would have been a rookie winning the Indy 500, and Rossi drove by him, tip of the hat, and a thank you, and we won the 500. Yeah, that was because we're watching that race go around, and there's Hildebrand in the National Guard car on Memorial Day weekend, and wow, what a story. And then, boom, turn four, and Weldon goes by, and, and the rest is history. That was your third win. Uh, but now there are four-time winners, like Elio, and AJ, and Al Sr., yeah. right? And uh, it's just incredible. Uh, that you as a family are also four-time winners. That's pretty special. Are we going to make it five this year with her to, uh, oh at Indianapolis? You know, I hesitate to agree with you or th even think along those lines, but it's very, very possible. And and he's uh, going to be running with, with our team, and we're associated with Michael Andretti and the Andretti Autosport Group. So we're just thrilled to be back at Indianapolis again with, with Brian and his son, and Andretti and the Aggies and we're all together. What a great effort we're going to go back with. Well, that, that's pretty cool and uh, something else that's really cool and again a lot of history is Turkey Night. Ah. So let's talk about Turkey Night because Ventura, which is also a hallowed ground for sprint car racing and all kinds of racing. I've actually driven <laughs> a little pony stock car there on the dirt. A really fun track, beautiful setting. Uh, the track's still around. I know there's been controversy whether it'd stay around or not, but it's still there. And you're going to have a major event that you're promoting uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Well, it's going to be the 82nd running of the Thanksgiving Night Grand Prix. And that race up until a few, uh, that race, uh, Larry, come on with me. That race that we're going to be running up at Ventura is a race that we've We've run for years there, and we've always run it on the uh, Thanksgiving night, uh, which, which was the tradition. That race uh, was started back in the 20s, and uh, it was always run on Thanksgiving night. But we, we changed that after, after the COVID uh, incident, and we didn't run after COVID, and we changed it to Thanksgiving weekend. Now... Uh, it's a break with tradition, but I believe it was the right thing to do because the grandstands were full on Thanksgiving weekend. And I want to let all of your listeners know that we'll be running on Thanksgiving weekend again this year. Uh, it's, it's a special event. It'll, it's been running for well over 80 years. Uh, it's, had, it's seen some of the best race drivers in the country. There's just uh, Indy winner after Indy winner that's also won that event. So uh, it's, it's something very special. And it's the best race drivers, and a lot of them are indie drivers that are in midgets so it's one of those things that we talked about before uh, a lot of those drivers like to hone their skills when they get off the pavement on dirt because a lot of them came up through dirt racing it's a different world that's why certain drivers can let a car kind of get out of shape and have that rear end kind of sliding on them and they'll be able to handle it perfectly and come out of that fast well, as a driver would tell you, uh, loose is fast. That's right. And that's you, Larry. Did you run your cars a little bit loose? I did like it. Yeah, a little bit tail happy. Yeah, yeah that, and a lot of guys do, just like you do. So uh, it's, it's pretty special. And, and I want to invite, personally invite, 
all of your listeners to come out to Thanksgiving and it's at the Ventura Fairgrounds and it's on Saturday. Well, actually we're going to run Friday night qualifying and practice. I believe we're going to have an, this year again, we're going to have a sprint car race along with the turkey night race. And this is the only race in the country that is a 98 lap race. That's of course Aggie's number 98 that he's won all of the four Indy 500 wins. Those all came driving the number 98 car and so uh, actually a fan came out of the grandstands and it's always been a hundred lapper. That's what that turkey night has always been for a long time. It's changed over the years a little bit but it's in the most modern era it's been a hundred lapper and a fan came out and said "Uh, Mr. Agajanian have you ever thought about running a 98 lap race? And I said, nobody in the country runs a 98. Yes, that, what a great race. No, I hadn't thought of that, but let me go talk to you, Sack, and let me go talk to the drivers and, and ask them what they think about the change. So I did that. USAC said, hey, it'd be great. It'd be great fun to have the only 98 lap race. We're going to be able to advertise it all over the place. And when I went to, to the race drivers, to a to every race driver to a T would say, I don't care how many laps it is, Aggie, as long as I'm winning, I'm leading the last lap. So you could imagine, Larry, what the what the drivers would have said. And that's the only lap that counts in auto racing, right? That's exactly right. So they didn't care that it's two laps shorter or two laps longer. It didn't matter. If they're leading, they're happy. And that's what we've done. And it's been very successful. It's very exciting. It really doesn't change much strategy, two laps one way or another, but it does make Make it the only 98-lap race in the country, and we want your, all of your listeners to come out and be a part of that this year. And you had talked about putting butts in seats, and uh, the fans, it's a great show. My, my friend Brad Long used to say, yeah, if I got some dirt in my beer, I'm a happy man. <laughs> and that beer would come flying out of turn two at Ascot, large clods, and, and, and the big beers. It would be an exciting, uh, exciting time when that uh, dirt clod hit that beer cup. It flew all over everyone, but lots of fun, and uh, that's, that's why some of the guys like to sit in, in turn one, too. Yep. So with our race school, we teach at Willow Springs, which is pavement racing, road racing, and Button Willow, which again, another road racing track. But if you haven't been to a sprint car or midget race on dirt, it is really something oh special. Boy. Well, I got a chance to interview Spencer Baston last year, who mm. runs an outlaw. Mm. And uh, yeah, nice guy. And uh, it's just, it's a phenomenal show. And car control, uh, superb. Yeah, it really, you know what? The best racers in the country tell you, you learn how to race on dirt you learn how to drive on pavement. Both of those things are necessary, but if you've only been on pavement your whole career, you're missing out. And that's where some of those other guys run high with the rear end out a little bit, flying through the turn, leaning on the on the, uh, the, cushion. the cushion up top. And those are the guys that are driving by you because they have dirt and pavement experience. And, you know, honestly, I know there's sprint car schools that you can go to and all that, but driving on dirt, the little experience that I have, every time you go around the track, it is a totally different racetrack because the ruts change and different things happen, but that teaches you to be adaptable, which is actually very helpful for the road racing, and especially at Indy when tires start going off, wind changes and things like that. So it is true, uh, very good. You have to be uh, mentally sharp to be able to take that all in. Well, that's really true, Larry. And as you know, you're a racer. You've driven on dirt you've driven on pavement you learn to read the track and that track changes like you said almost every lap so you learn to read the track you learn to where you should be and you learn the fastest way around that track and that's as you wave 
bye-bye to the guys you're passing. Exactly. So, Thanksgiving weekend, Friday yes. and Saturday, yes. Ventura Raceway, Ventura County, beautiful seaside racetrack. Yes. Uh, we got a little commercial for that, you want to say? Yes, we, you know, we used to invite people to come out to Ascot in Gardena, where the harbor, the San Diego and the 91 freeways slide, and we used to invite them to come to Ascot like that. Well, we'd like to ask those same people to come out to Thanksgiving night. And I'm not going to say where the freeways gobble, but it is a great location, it's a great racetrack, and it's probably going to be the most fun racing you've seen in a long time. Well, we're looking forward to it. We want to be out there and join you out there. I'm sure you'll be there. And yeah, Larry, I want to see you out there. <laughs> All right, I'll be there, okay. and we'll have a lot of fun. So, J.C. Agajanian Jr., you are a class act, uh, my new best friend here at the Grand Prix. Thank you again for your time and your enthusiasm and your passion and the history your family brings to auto racing. Well, Larry, the Agajanian family want to thank you for all you do for racing, and it's sincere and it's in your heart, and your program is just a part of that. All right. We may have to get you out to Willow Springs or Buttonwell and drive one of our race cars and see what you think about that. Uh, or at least I'll give you a hot lap. There you go. That would be a lot of fun, and it would be a different thing for me. Yes, sir. Thanks again, JC, and we will see you soon. See you at the races, Larry.